we have not yet gone to Series A. And when we do, uh, our plan is to start working with Series A partners at around two and a half million ARR. So we're not quite there yet, but um, you know, we'll be there in about a year's time or, or less. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. You want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Ryan Austin. He's an entrepreneur who has spent over 10 years driving improvements in learning and development. In his current role as CEO of Synapse, Ryan is focused on developing innovative products to help learning teams increase productivity and create impacting, impactful training at scale. Before this company, he served as Senior Vice President for World Trade Group, an organization that, levers offer, that offers live events, online products, and training courses. Ryan, you ready to take us to the top? Sure. All yeah. right. So just to be clear, the, the URL is getsynapse.com. Is it a SaaS company or are you selling services too? No, this is a pure SaaS company, 100% software, no service. Okay. And your baby, you found, you're the founder? Yep, one when of you, the, uh, the co-founders. When did you launch? Um, we launched it, I guess, officially in 2017. Um, although we worked on um, the R&D for about a year, year and a half before that. Mm-hmm. So launch 2017. I mean, how much did you spend sort of on the R&D and the MVP before your first paying customer? Do you remember? Um, well, there was a lot of different versions. We don't have a direct competitor still in the market right now. There's indirect incumbents. So there was a lot of uh, lessons learned and learning curves to do what we do. Um, and uh, we spent probably about 50 grand to get the first kind of iteration out the door and, uh, and started to monetize it, but then kept going from there, um, Mm -hmm. raised a little bit of money after that. How much have you raised? Uh, About $4 million. Do you regret that? Uh, Don't regret it because we have some good, uh, some great institutional uh, investors and, uh, early on, we had some um, angel investors who, without them, we wouldn't have uh, gotten to where we are today. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my first SaaS companies that uh, really have taken to a point where we're you know, really about to scale now, which is exciting. Um, would I take money on early again? 
Yes, but you know you would have different limits on uh, on how you do things. You, yeah. you learn as you execute. So of course, of course. So signed your first customers up in 2017. I imagine how many customers are you serving today? Uh, we have about 60 um, on the platform, uh, 60 enterprises directly today, and um, but we've just started to experiment with some channel partnerships. One which we just did a press release on where. Um, over the next two years, they're going to onboard us to 11,000 clients of theirs, which is exciting. What did they get for that? Um, it's just uh, uh, similar to how you would do kind of a wholesale retail relationship in a, you know, in a, a traditional product. It's, it's similar to that. So revenue split. So what percent of the revenue are they, do they get to keep? Like 30%, 50% more? Uh, I can't talk about that specifically just because we have certain agreements in place, but it, it, you know, it's a win-win scenario where we're, we're both happy. It's very balanced relationship. Can you share a range? Is it more or less than 50%? Uh, it, it's around that. Yeah. Okay. Around that. Fair enough. Let's go back to your first 10 customers. How'd you get them? Oh, being scrappy. <laughs> our first, our first client ever was uh, a fortune 10 customer who, uh, basically who was it? Invest- Which company? Um, Exxon Mobil. Okay. And um, they basically read about us in the newspaper after coming out of an accelerator and um, and uh, asked to see the software. We're, we were like, well, we don't have software yet. Here's our plan. And um, it was a, a problem for them that, that they said, well, we'll give you a little money to help you develop this. And um, that was really when we flipped the switch to um, just really focusing on uh, software as a service. How we, much do they invest? Up, um, it was in the six figures okay. range. And was it was it just like a customer payment, or did they actually get equity? Uh, customer payment. Oh, great! That's that's the best way to do it. Very cool. Uh, so that was your first customer. You got them on board. Are they still paying today? They are. That's great. So what is the average customer paying you per month to use Synapse? It's, it's interesting. Um, we just went through an iteration of, of our pricing model as a seed stage company. You know, it's all about learning. Um, uh, our average price was about $12,000 in the past. Um, and annually? Annually and increased from there based off a per seat model. But we, uh, we actually just flipped the switch with COVID. Um, to not having any minimums um, and pricing at $1,500 a seat um, to lower all barriers. And we're, we're seeing contracts come through at greater deal value than, than before. And so can I take 60 customers times $1,000 a month on average? I mean, you're doing about $60,000 a month right now in revenue? Uh, no, it, it's higher than that, actually. Um, some, some clients are, are paying us in the six-figure range. Okay. Can you give me like a range of where you're at? Are you north of $100,000 a month? Um, so we're, uh, I guess I'll say it like this, just because it changes daily right now, Nathan, um, especially with the partnerships we just onboarded. Um, we have not yet gone to Series A. And when we do, uh, our plan is to start um, um, working with Series A partners at around $2.5 ARR. So we're not quite there yet, but, um, you know, we'll be there in about a year's time or, or less. 
I mean, do you think you can break a million dollar run rate by the end of this year? Three months left. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay, got it, got it. So your plan is to break a million this year, then double the next twelve months, and then go do a Series A. Yeah, I mean, we we'll have over a hundred percent growth this year. Um, okay, got it. So if you're doing like call it seventy, eighty thousand dollars a month right now in revenue, what were you doing a year ago? Um, well, a hundred percent less than that. <laughs> yeah. So what was the number? Um, so we we were. Um, we were at, uh, a little over 400 K in AR, um, less than a year ago. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's great growth. Where's most of that growth come from expanding customers who are already with you or getting new customers altogether? Uh, both. So we have a transactional side to the business, just like any other sales, <clears throat> uh, fast company. And, uh, we, we call that internally kind of the, uh, the growth model and, um, with the partnership side of things, we call that the scale model where we, we partner with um, learning management systems that focus on specific industry verticals. And um, that, that way we can service their clients with our technology and um, they don't have to build what we offer. What do you mean by transactional side of the business? So transactional meaning, you know, we have a, um, a BDR and a account executive team who focuses on net new clients. Um, you know, we, we find them through inbound and uh, through demand generation and, uh, and outbound methods. And then the, uh, the scale side of the business is just through the partner network. I see. I see. How many quota carrying reps are currently on the team? Uh, we just hired our second AE as of last week. Got it. And your AEs are the only ones with quota BDRs don't. Yeah. BDRs are, yep, BDRs are uh, incentivized on sales, accepted leads or sales qualified leads. And how many engineers uh, are on the team? About nine right now. Okay. And what's the total team size? A little over 20. Okay. Nice. Good stuff, Ryan. It's very cool. So, so driving growth, it sounds like channel partnerships is going to be a key strategy for you guys moving forward to drive growth. You've raised 4 million currently. Are you still investing that capital to the point where your, your cash flow uh, negative each month or are you break even now or positive? Um, there's a little bit of a loss still, um, but we have a lot of runaway with, with the money we've taken on as well. Uh, when you say a little bit of loss, you're talking like 10 grand a month in net burn or hundred grand or more. No, we're, we're nowhere close to a hundred grand in in net burn, but, um, yeah. Got it. But more than 10. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. When you took, um, you mentioned a lot of cash that you just, that you raised is still in the bank. When was that last raise? How long ago was it? Well, we raised the majority of the money back in, uh, 2019 and, um, we started experimenting with partners and, um, very recently brought on three. So the experiment ended up not being an experiment and we didn't want to take the money that we secured uh, from the initial seed round and fuel it into partnerships because it wasn't part of the plan. Um, so we, we just took on another million dollars uh, in August. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got it. Okay. So literally just recently you took on one five. Um, you also chose to do I mean, back when you did the round in, in April, I think it was of 2019 from generation, I think you did 2.5 um, in between that in the 1.5, you just took an equity. It looks like you also did a little bit of debt. Is that accurate? And if so, help me understand how to use debt in a SaaS company. Yeah. So um, the debt was really interesting, actually. So we uh, we we brought on some venture debt through Comerica Bank, um, and it was mainly to 
really build the relationship early so that when we do our Series A, we can take uh, about 30% of venture debt on top of that next round. Um, so this was just to get our feet wet, build credibility, uh, build credit with the bank, and uh, so that we can use it as uh, as a, um, a a non uh, um, as a future um, investment part or a future financial partner without taking on uh, without giving away equity in the next round. So for for this round, we're not really leveraging the debt right now, although we have access to it. Um, we do plan to leverage it closer to um, the time that we pull the trigger on our Series A, so we can start scaling the company and hiring. Well, hold on, hold on, Ryan. Those two things—the the, the, the strategic reason you told me you took the debt is opposite of what you just told me. What you're actually doing with it? You told me strategically you want to build history, but you just told me functionally you haven't actually drawn any down, and you don't plan to until the Series A. You, 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 no, having so, a line so, but not using it doesn't build credit history with Comerica. Six months before our Series A, we'll draw it down. Um, there's a lot of firms looking at, SaaS companies looking at debt like this. You know, Silicon Valley Bank sort of will do things like this in the 5 to 6% interest range. It's sort of a warehouse line or a term loan. Can you help me understand sort of the structure you put on your 500000 Yeah, well, it was, uh, um, it was an unsecured uh, line of credit. Um, and... Uh, uh, we, we we were given favorable uh, terms uh, because of some of the investors uh, that that came into last round and who um, Comerica had a relationship with. Mm-hmm. When you say favorable terms, I mean, are we talking like I mean, what was the interest rate on the line? Are you talking like five or six percent or something higher? It's less than that. Okay, less than five to six percent. Got it. And um, usually, banks like this do require warrants, so there's still a little equity kicker. And no warrants. Okay, no warrants. And so. Um, and no, no nasty covenants origination fees, you know, anything like that. No. So the way they protected themselves is, um, is it's not an open line. Um, we have to use it by a certain date, otherwise they can claw it back. And and so um, it, it it's really based off of the uh, uh, off of uh, cash out dates and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. So they de risk it that way. Um, but we. We're executing so closely to our model right now um, that uh, we'll be able to leverage the cash versus not being able to leverage it. We we actually did an extension on it um, because we were off a little bit of our plan the first time around. So we uh, we had to go back to them and ask them to extend it. Um, so that what do you mean? I you thought know, you said you haven't drawn it down yet. No, but the term of the line of credit would have expired if we didn't use it. I see. So you put, you ask them to give you more time, more time. Yeah. Yeah. I see. And so why not just use that line? I mean, you, you took a bunch of extra dilution raising 1.5 million in addition to the 500 K from equity investors. Why do any equity at all? Um, I think, I, I think the equity partners who have taken on are is smart, smart capital. Um, so outside of, uh, of participating this round. These weren't spray and pray funds. They were uh, two yeah, this of is them. BDC venture capital generation ventures, ripple ventures and differential ventures. Yeah. So they, um, most of them have large funds. Um, and the other ones are very entre- uh, CEO friendly and entrepreneur friendly. They want to back you. It's not a spray and pray seed fund. Um, you know, with, with, with the, 
the VCs who we put together, um, you know, we they're they're already looking to commit about five, a little over five million going into the next round combined. How much do you think so, you'll raise in your Series A, or what are you targeting? Uh, about ten to twelve. And what valuation would you would you love to get? Obviously, you have to negotiate this, but what would you like to get? Yeah, I mean, it's it's up in the air right now. Um, I've seen Series A companies um, in our space as low as. 25 pre-money and all the way up to 40 million pre-money. So somewhere in between there, you know, I don't want to shoot myself in the foot without uh, actually realizing the value creation that we, we know we can create. So yeah, somewhere yeah, I mean, right now you're at a million bucks in terms of run rate, obviously getting a 25 million, you know, pre right now and then raising 10 or 12. I mean, that would be pretty incredible at a million dollar run rate and growing, even, even though you are growing hundred percent year over year, yeah. you get to 2.2 million and grow hundred percent year over year, two years in a row makes more sense. Yeah, it's re- really interesting. So there, there's some things we're doing this year with IP um, around some of the analytic features that we're rolling out shortly, as well as uh, investing a lot into product-led growth. Um, being a productivity software, um, the trends are really interesting when you look up crunch base with companies like Asana or Monday.com or Jira. Um, on how long it took them to to kind of get to their Series A, it's a similar trend to what we've experienced. But then they start seeing like crazy growth after that, right? So um, we're seeing a lot of the similar trends, and um, you know our productivity software just focuses on learning and development departments. It's built specifically for them, not for every single department. So our integrations are with learning management systems, um, authoring tools similar to how Jira is purpose built for engineering teams. So it's a, it's a very esoteric problem, but big market um, and uh, exciting opportunity. Ryan, we're running out of time here. Quick answers. If you can gross revenue churn monthly is about what? Uh, Can you repeat that? Gross revenue churn churn is critical in a SaaS company. What's your gross revenue churn look like? Um, We're, we're retaining about 89% of clients right now. On an annual basis? Yeah. Okay, so 11% gross revenue churn. And then I assume you have probably some good expansion revenue, right? Uh, just getting into expansion now, really. Okay, got it. So net retention is something like 90, 95% annually currently. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And do you have like a model for customer acquisition like nailed down? You're testing the channel partners, but I mean, what will it cost you on average in terms of CAC to get a new customer paying 12,000 bucks a year? Yeah, we we think that um, payback will be five to to six months um, once we roll out the product led growth strategy. Okay, but what is it currently? Uh, it's it's higher, uh, which is why we raised some money. Uh, it's about ten grand. Okay, got it. Ten grand to get sort of eleven thousand dollar or twelve thousand dollar your customer, so payback's more like twelve months. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Very good. I mean, look, super interesting space. You saw ClickUp just raise a pretty large round going from nothing to $35 million raise Mondays, obviously in this space. Um, curious to see how many big winners we can have in this space, but I'm, we'll be rooting for you. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book. Oh, um, tell to win. Number two. I love that's one that very few people know about. I'm, I'm, I love that. You know, that tell to win is a really good one. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, not any that anybody would really know. I've had a lot of great mentors. Um, um, uh, one Jay Steinfeld, who was the owner of blinds.com who uh, sold to the home Depot. He was very instrumental in helping us. 
Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building your company besides your own? Outreach. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, five. And situation, married, single kids? Uh, single, uh, sorry, married with a dog. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And how old are you? I'm 37. 37. Last question, Ryan. What's something you wish you knew when you were 20? Um, to listen to people. <laughs> Guys, getsignups.com. They've scaled from call it $400,000 a month, or sorry, a year in revenue in 2019 to over $900,000 in terms of run annual run rate today. 60 customers pay on average $12,000 per year. They're burning a little bit of capital, way less than 100 grand per month, but more than call it 10 grand a month. They raised 4 million bucks to build the product, 20 people on the team, nine engineers, small sales team. They're growing right now, two people on it currently, about 95% net revenue retention as they look to scale in a very competitive productivity tool space, but they are hyper-focusing hyper on learning and development teams. Ryan, thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks, Nathan.